On this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast, we continue our conversation on the importance of women's health with part two of our women's health panel. The four women on the panel discuss the topic of women's health and breast cancer. Our panel included Joni Wickham, breast cancer survivor and co-founder at Wickham James Strategies and Solutions, Bridget Williams, breast cancer survivor and executive director of the Heavy Constructors Association of Greater Kansas City, Emily Calmer, Missouri Government Relations Director at the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network, and Jan Thomas, executive assistant for Hogan Prep and 2019 Portrait of Hope for the American Cancer Society. The panel discusses resources available at the American Cancer Society, obstacles women face to receive care, accessibility and affordability of treatment, the importance of women prioritizing their health, and personal stories of overcoming breast cancer. This week's episode of the Northeast Newscast is sponsored by Casey Care. Casey Care is dedicated to treating the whole person, offering quality care and supportive services for every phase of life. They promote community health and wellness through services in areas such as primary and dental care, behavioral health, prenatal care, and others. To see a full list of services offered, please visit caseycare.org or visit their Northeast location at 4601 Independence Avenue. You did say one thing that I kind of want to highlight briefly because you said that the what they found you would not have found if you did not go in for a mammogram and I kind of want to hone in on that point a little bit because I was not taught how to do self-exams you kind of I had to research it so let's talk a little bit about maybe resources that are out there to kind of show women how to do self-exams and then like you said just highlighting the fact that that might not be enough even though that's a huge step in the right direction like you said you wouldn't have found it yourself no so if you speak on that. Well, and I, I was going to say, I think the American Cancer Society recommends mammography because that does find so many um, cancers that you wouldn't find through a self-exam. Mm-hmm. We we think it's really important just in general for cancer symptoms to be aware of your body. I, I think uh, Bridget said that earlier, so did Jan. Self-exams on a regular basis are not necessarily one of the recommendations that we have because mammography is the way to find cancers early at the earliest stages where you can, um, like I said, have such a great impact on survival rates. So mammography is the, the gold standard, and that's mm-hmm. what we want every woman, to, every woman to have access to. If you want to look at our website for a little bit more specific information about that, the www.cancer.org has all of those recommendations, you know, the ages that you should start talking to your doctor about if you're at average risk, but also, you know, some, some things if you're seeing them symptoms-wise on yourself, that you may want to, you know, follow up with a doctor on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but all of that information is at www.cancer.org. Cancer.org. Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, well, Joni, thank you so much again for joining us. I want to get into your story as well. Um, we did a podcast recently with you about something completely different, yeah. just about your previous role um, in Kansas City. But you recently had. Um, a journey that you went on yourself. So tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. So um, as I mentioned, past eight years, I had been chief of staff to Mayor Sly James and on the crazy train at City Hall. And so summer approached and I was all excited about having quote unquote control over my life for once and starting this business and just kind of being able to make my life my own. Um, simultaneously, my uh, best friend since elementary school at age 37 was diagnosed with breast cancer and she had a double mastectomy, 
And so this was all happening at the end of our term as well. And then she came home um, one day from the hospital having her double mastectomy. It was early August. We had just left the mayor's office. Um, so I was even still on vacation. And she came home from having her double mastectomy. And I talked to her that morning to make sure she was home and okay and settled. I went running and because, again, I have greater control over my life now. I can go running in the middle of the day if I want to. <laughs> so I went running and came home and jumped in the shower. And I'm thinking about her and how I'm worried about, you know, what her journey is going to look like. And it dawned on me, I haven't done a self-exam in a while. I should do a self-exam. So I'm in the shower. I do a self-exam. Lo and behold, I feel a lump on my left mm -hmm. breast. And I thought I was crazy. I thought I was projecting her experience. I, I really thought I was losing my mind. So my husband comes home that night and I say, I think I have a lump on my breast. Can you feel this to make sure I'm not crazy? And he's like, yes, I will. Because <laughs> he's a dude. Um, but he confirmed that I was not crazy. There was a lump on my breast. That was a Monday. It's so funny, Bridget, how you never forget the chronology of yes. these things. Yes. So that was a Monday in early August. And I happened to have my well woman visit scheduled for that following Friday. So I went and um, she felt it and she said, I don't like the way this feels. I'm 38 years old, no history of breast cancer. And I've never had a, a mammogram or sonogram. You know, I'm not 40 yet, no history, no need. And she said, I don't like the way this feels. I want you to go get a mammogram and a sonogram. So I did the following Tuesday and the radiologist, I could just tell by the sound of her voice and the way she looked at me. She said, I don't like this. I want you to go have a biopsy. And again, we in our family had not had any experience with breast cancer. I was so ignorant to what even these words meant. Long story short, the biopsy found um, a tumor in my breast that ended up being a phylloides tumor. So only 1% of breast tumors are phylloides tumors. So that means they're very rare, and it means that we don't know a lot about them. Mm -hmm. um, and so they um, could not confirm for me the day that I had my biopsy if it was benign or malignant, but we knew it was a phylloides tumor. And we knew that phylloides tumors grow very quickly. And even if they are benign, they can become malignant within two months of presenting. And this whole time, my husband and I kept saying, this is going to be no big deal. This is nothing, you know, there's, there's no way I have breast cancer. I'm 38. No one in my family has a history of this. And so when we found out that it was an actual tumor that grows quickly, we were just completely shocked. I have an amazing husband who's 20 years older than me, and not to be morbid or anything, but when a couple goes into a relationship with that big of an age difference, you kind of have certain expectations of how your life is going to be. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I, I, I expect my husband to die first. <laughs> I, you know, it's just how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to outlive them. Yeah. <laughs> He's 20 years older than you, right? He's 20 years older than me. And we just always kind of assumed that life was going to be. No, I told you. I heard it. Yeah. I mean, we just always assumed being rational, um, but yes, a little bit morbid of like how our life was going to be. We have a six-year-old at home. So all of a sudden, we're sitting here in August of this year thinking, oh my God. I might not be the one that lives the longest. Mm -hmm. How is my husband, who's 20 years older than me, going to raise a six-year-old by himself? And for about two days, I was convinced I was dying. I walked around my house crying. Mm -hmm. I was convinced I was dying. I had lunch with Bridget. It's so interesting to me, the power of women's stories and sharing stories and um, that almost power transfer. Mm -hmm. um, because I knew Bridget's story very well, and she gave me some great advice and looked me in the eye and said, you're going to be okay. 
whatever, you're going to be okay. So it was things like that that made me feel like I could actually get up in the morning, not be a sobbing, crazy person, um, and keep moving with my life. I had surgery at the beginning of August. I had to have a lumpectomy because of how quickly early detection is so important. Because of how quickly I found my tumor, my surgeon thinks that I found it almost as soon as it presented itself. So as soon as I could have felt it, I did. They removed it. It was benign. It had not gone malignant yet, but with phalloides tumors, they can go malignant within eight weeks. I was so lucky with timing and so lucky. I'm going to get political for just a minute. And so lucky that I have the privilege to be able to pay out the nose for quality healthcare insurance now because I'm self-employed. I'll just tell you, my family pays $2,200 a month for quality healthcare because that's what we felt like we had to do to make sure that I could get whatever treatment that I needed if it was cancer because at the time uh, we didn't know what we were dealing with. And I can just remember thinking, almost being mad at my privilege. And like, if I couldn't have figured out how to make that monthly premium, I don't know where I would be. If I hadn't been lucky enough to find this tumor when I did, I don't know where I would be today. Probably not sitting here talking with a smile on my face. So it's just so important to me that we, number one, make sure that women understand early detection and that we figure out a way in this country to make sure that people have access to health care. It should not be a privilege. It should be a right. This whole experience, what Jan said and what Bridget said, it has changed my life, but it has also like fired me up in a way. I'm a pretty fiery girl anyway, but it has fired me up in a way to figure out this healthcare crisis in our country because people's lives depend on it. Truly do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think that's something that we can also highlight one more time if we want to get a little bit more information on it. I know we recently discussed the Show Me Healthy Women program, Mm -hmm. but let's talk a little bit more about access and affordability for women in Kansas City and Missouri. Sure. Well, just to go back to the Show Me Healthy Women program, what is great about people sharing their stories and being willing to share their stories, you know, a couple of years ago, prior to my time, there were threats to the funding for Show Me Healthy Women. Our organization was able to talk to people who had benefited from the screenings through Show Me Healthy Women and have them share their stories with lawmakers for them to realize what the real impact of programs like that are. And as we talk about access to healthcare, that's something where people being willing to share their stories. And, you know, I mentioned www.fightcancer.org. But if you if you want to, if you have a story like that and you want to get involved, that's where you can connect with us and we can help you use your experiences to advocate for others. That That's just, um, I think, a positive thing that can come out of pretty dark experiences for people that they can uh, use that to make a difference. So that's what our organization tries to do. And across the country, access to affordable health care is one of our main priorities. We also advocate for funding for cancer research, the early detection programs like the breast and cervical cancer screening program. Like I said, we're focusing on breast cancer here today, but there's also colorectal cancer that can, can be prevented if you're getting your screenings those polyps can get removed before they turn into cancer. You know, the pap test, if people are accessing those, then they can have a much better prognosis with cervical cancer. So we we just want to make sure that cancer screening tests like that are available to people, that, that they can get them when they're recommended without the ability to pay being a barrier there. 
That is so important because, at least for my journey, it's a five-year journey. Mm -hmm. You know, they follow, I mean, this is on time every, you know, three, three to six months for five years. The medicine I'm on is for five years. But what is also important is that you take care of your whole body. And, and I know for me, I was so focused on the breast cancer. I, you know, I didn't want to go to my regular doctor or, you know, or my gynecologist for the, you know, pap smear and the 50-year-old stuff. It was my oncologist that said, you have to make sure you're taking care of your whole body. So I think that is, you know, another really important piece to this because women tend to focus on the fire mm -hmm. right now, but you can't let the other stuff simmer and turn into a fire. I just wanted to add to that. Yeah, and we know that when people have insurance that they're more likely to get their cancer screenings. So th that's why we do advocate for access to insurance across the country. Um, and that's something that we're always looking to. I mean, not only do we want it to be affordable, we want it to be quality insurance that will cover cancer screening and cancer treatment so that when you are unfortunately in the position where something like this happens, it's not going to result in you having, you know, medical debt that you can't afford to pay. Right. right. So, but, you know, even with insurance, it depends on the type of insurance. Absolutely. You know, there is still a portion, and in some cases it's very large, of what is on the patient. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you are, and, and I speak to the middle class more because there seems to be a, a huge pool of opportunities for the working poor and the more privileged can, can afford to pay out of pocket. It's that middle class that's living from paycheck to paycheck right. that, you know, a two thousand even if it's a you know, a two hundred thousand dollar bill and the insurance covers all but five, that's still a big chunk of money yeah. for them. And so somehow we have to figure out how, you know, whether it's the hospitals or the doctors or how we address that patient portion of the responsibility because it's still a lot. Yeah, for context, so we had, before I found my lump in July, before we left uh, the mayor's office, my family had opted to do um, a health insurance program through the exchange, and the deductible was $7,500 for a person or like $16,000 for a family. This was before I found my lump, so and we'd always been healthy. Again, no history of breast cancer or anything. And so when I found my lump and we started looking at what this was going to cost us, just the biopsy portion, oh my gosh, it's better for us. And, and these uh, tumors, if they come back, they typically come back within two years. So we made the decision just to pay the, go with the health insurance that has a $2,200 a month premium, but no deductible, because God forbid if this thing comes back in six months and I have to have chemo or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be a better financial decision for us. And it's, it's kind of hard to believe once you've been through something like this, that we live in a country where so many families make medical decisions based on their pocketbook. It's unreal. People who are having to decide whether they buy milk mm -hmm. or they pay their medical bills, it is not a fair thing to ask someone who's born into the richest country in the world to have to choose between eating 
and living. Let's take a quick break and talk a little bit more about KC Care. KC Care's prenatal team is here to support you throughout your entire pregnancy. Early and regular prenatal care is essential to your baby's growth and development, helping ensure a healthy pregnancy and safe delivery. KC Care is excited to walk alongside you through your pregnancy journey. To learn more about their dedicated prenatal team, visit kccare.org slash prenatal. Or even honestly just making that first appointment in the first place. Yes. Because if you're working to just put food on your table, you know, for the week or for the month, going to the doctor to get an exam is not what you're thinking about. It's not one of your priorities. Right. Yes. Right. And we yeah. could probably do a whole podcast on the cost of cancer oh, treatment. Yes. Um, I know we, our organization did a report about it. It's on that www.fightcancer.org mm-hmm. just to look at that. Because when we take policy positions, we try to make sure we've done the research mm-hmm. about that. And there, like I said, there's a whole report about the cost of cancer. If you really mm-hmm. want to delve into all the details, details okay. there, but that's that's why people that are willing to share their stories. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people don't like to talk about their financial situation. So they suffer in silence and people don't know that there's neighbors of, of theirs that are having those issues. Everybody is very generous and wants to contribute to, you know, campaigns on GoFundMe, but no but not a lot of people want to talk about the insurance coverage that yeah. they have. So if, if there are folks who feel like that's something that they're willing to share, mm-hmm. those stories can really make a difference. Mm-hmm. This is real life and the, these are real issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now my kids, because I have it, and I and I forgot to mention that I did go through the genetics testing because my cancer was a type that you know, could have had the gene and then I would have had to have a double mastectomy mm-hmm. and that came back negative. But because I have now had cancer, my kids have to start getting checked at 30. We can start talking a little bit about um, maybe some reducing cancer risk topics, preventative measures, something that you mentioned that could go hand in hand with this is how you kind of have to take care of the whole person, take care of your whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just focus on the cancer in the moment or, you know, you have to make sure you're getting your exercise or eating healthier and taking care of your whole person. So let's talk a little bit about um, reducing cancer risk and preventative measures. The number one preventable cause of death in the U.S. is tobacco use. Um, and that contributes to over 31% of the cancer deaths in Missouri. One thing that we really ha- want to highlight is that there are resources for you out there if you would like to quit smoking. There's a 1-800-QUIT-NOW where you can call and be connected with a counselor who will um, help you. There's even text-based counseling to help you with that journey, and they, and they provide some approved, FDA-approved nicotine replacement therapies mm-hmm. for you. Missouri, just for an example, the smoking rate is 19.4%, which is much higher than the national smoking rate. That's an issue from the Cancer Action Network we're always working on because we know that things like smoke-free laws, regular increases to the tobacco tax contribute to a, a decreased smoking rate. So that and funding tobacco prevention and cessation programs are, are things that um, your policymakers can really do to make an impact on something that contributes to so many cancer deaths in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since we're talking about the whole person, and, and, and I did mention earlier lung cancer is the cancer that kills the most people nationally and 
and in Missouri every year. There are so many cancers related to tobacco use, and, and that's just mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing you can do if you're um, looking at your cancer risk going down the road. We know that there are chemicals involved in vaping. Unfortunately, the FDA has had the authority to review those products since uh, some federal legislation passed a number of years ago, but they have delayed and delayed uh, requiring the tobacco manufacturers to have those products reviewed. We don't know what's all in them, and it's one of those things where we're very concerned because we see kids starting to use these products. Those kids are not smokers that are, they're, they're getting addicted to nicotine from those products. And that's going to lead to smoking and other tobacco use down the road. So we're, we're working at the federal level to talk with the FDA about the, the teen use epidemic for those products and encouraging the FDA to use their authority to review those products so that we we know what's in them and we know what the impact is. So hopefully, we're hopeful, we're also uh, working on some federal legislation right now on, on those issues to make sure that all of the tobacco products that are that are out there are, are going through the process that they should be going through and teens aren't getting addicted to something that's gonna lead to future problems. You know, once again, we didn't really talk about this today, but um, UV exposure is is a big contributor to some cancer risk. And skin cancer is the one of the most commonly diagnosed cancers out there. I've, I've talked to so many people who don't realize how bad tanning beds are for them. You increase your risk of melanoma by uh, over 67% when you tan. It, it, it's just one time can increase your risk of melanoma. So it's something where it's an action, once again, that people start when they're teens. <laughs> they don't realize how bad it is for they them. They think they're invincible. <laughs> and um, it's something that you can do to stop mm-hmm. yourself from being exposed to that. So, And then we're seeing more and more evidence about the, the impact of physical activity and diet on, on cancer. But, you know, if you want to go into all of the cancer risks, I think the www.cancer.org is probably mm-hmm. the best resource for you as far as recommendations for things like the dietary issues and, and the um, physical activity recommendations. Okay, wonderful. Is there anything that we want to highlight before we sign off today? Anything that we didn't talk about or that I didn't think to ask the ladies? Early detection, we all need to come together and figure out how to increase access to affordable quality health care. And I think, you know, while we hold the insurance companies primarily responsible, I think our the hospitals and other resources also have a responsibility in terms of trying to help figure this out. Um, and so for one more time, for those listening who need some more information on the American Cancer Society, how to reach you, maybe some address, mm-hmm. phone number, and website. Sure. So the American Cancer Society's website is www.cancer.org. And then we have a 1-800 number that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And that's 1-800-227-2345. And as Jan mentioned, you know, there's a lot of resources out there online that can scare people. But one of the unique things about the American Cancer Society resources are that we base them on the scientific research. We have doctors. We have medical professionals that make sure that the information we're putting out there is accurate. So, um, so I'd encourage people to look at those resources. And then if you have an experience that you want to advocate to, to help eliminate cancer, 
www.fightcancer.org is the website for the Cancer Action Network. And that's where you can find more information about the uh, ways you can talk to your lawmaker about uh, things that will stop cancer and help ensure affordable access to quality health care. Okay, wonderful. And I'll put all those links up for those listening um, who want to kind of get access to that. I can put all those links up for them as well. Sounds good. So, thank you so thank much you. for joining thank us you. today. Thank and thank you again to One Kansas City Radio for hosting us in their wonderful space. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. And that was Joni Wickham, Bridget Williams, Emily Calmer, and Jan Thomas. Thank you to KC Care for sponsoring this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast. KC Care's Well Women exams help women protect their health through screenings for breast and gynecological disease. Recommended for all women starting at age 21, Well Women exams provide opportunities to learn more about how you can prevent disease and enjoy a healthy life. To learn more about their Well Woman exams or to schedule an appointment, visit kccare.org. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast. I'm Elizabeth Roscoe.